0: Because aging starts now.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm Chris Johnson, partner and VA accredited attorney at Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law. Today, we are speaking about leaving a charitable legacy. We have some clients who have their desire and the means to help others. Joining us for this discussion is Keith King, Donor Services Manager for the Community Foundation. Welcome, Keith. Glad to have you on the podcast.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me today.
1: Well, we appreciate it a great deal. The uh, We love getting this information out to our constituents and out to our listeners. And so I think the big question on everyone's mind is, what is the Community Foundation?
2: Yeah, no, no, excellent question and a great way to start off. So Basically, what the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee is known for is connecting generosity with need. I mean, that's as simple as you can get it, you know, connecting people that have the ability to give organizations that have the ability to give with areas that are in need. And Community Foundations really started about 100 years ago. And the one here in Middle Tennessee is about 30 years old. Um, So, you know, just helping individuals, families, businesses um, meet their charitable goals. And so it's whether it's establishing charitable funds. You know, opportunities to give to existing funds that we have with the agency and really just trying to create a customized experience to make it unique and, and special to everyone involved. Um, the community foundation reflects you know, our, our community and, our, and our, our desire and willing to give. And so we've given and distributed a little over a billion dollars in funds um, wow. going back to the beginning. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Well,
1: so I guess I have a, a natural question. Can both potential donors and potential charitable organizations can they both reach out to you? Do you work with both sides, or do you tend to only work with donors or only work with charities?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, of course, you know with potential donors for sure, but even with charitable organizations, um, we have a website called Giving Matters, which lists them, and so organizations are able to work with us to create profiles to. Help bolster their own public profile and put themselves out there for individuals, families, donors that want to give or just want to learn, you know, more about them. You think about, let's say, you, me, and Dana get together and we start a fund and we want to give to causes that you know take care of land. We have a general idea, but what's here local? What, what, what's you know within our wheelhouse and what can we research? And so we have a website that enables uh, organizations to do that. Uh, we also work with them throughout the year with our program, like The Big Payback.
1: Fantastic. So as I noted kind of in the introduction, we have some clients who would like to leave money to different charities and charitable organizations. How can the Community Foundation help with that? When when someone reaches out to you, walk us through that.
2: Yeah. So, you know, you bring up a uh, really important detail. It's something that we really try to develop at the Community Foundation and you know, with, the, with your role, whether it's an attorney or a financial advisor. Um, for many people we talk to, the advisors, you know, that's someone they trust. They've got a trusted relationship and we don't replace that. Um, we're, we're a partner that wants to get with them, get with you all and create a, phil- a philanthropic legacy that's important to both the individual, the community and something that fits where you're coming from in your professional world. So it's getting with them and kind of getting an idea. You know, we, we farm things out, we we flesh things out. What are you really looking to give? Um, what are you looking to give to? And then who's all going to be involved with it? And, and what are some things that you want to see long-term with your relationship with us and then how your funds are distributed and how, how the fund can grow?
1: Interesting. So it's not, it's so funny because people think that leaving a charitable gift, it just sounds very simple. Like, well, I just want to leave something to this charity. But as you were kind of unpacking there, uh, it can get fairly complex, can it?
2: Yeah, it can at times. You know, you've got some individuals that have an organization that they want to set something up to that gives to that organization throughout uh, a lifetime or throughout a span of time. Um, but it could also be very simple. I think that's one thing when I, I learned coming aboard at the Community Foundation, it was that you've got some individuals, families, organizations that say we want to give to causes we want to establish a fund with X amount of dollars. And it's actually a pretty simple process. So we try to make it as easy as possible. We don't want you to come to us and say, I've got money that I want to give and support my community. And then we make it so complex that you say, "Never mind, I'll, I'll go buy a boat.
1: I got it. That makes sense. So what are the different ways? Let's talk about that. What are the different ways someone can leave a, a charitable legacy? Do they they do it via an insurance policy, or a will, or a retirement account. What's what are the different ways they do that?
2: Yeah, so there's a there's a lot of different ways that we've seen here at the foundation over the last 30 years. Uh, most common in the states is a bequest and a will. Um, I read re- recently that bequests account for 925 percent of charitable legacy gifts. Wow. Um, I don't know that the legacy gifts we receive match that percentage, but bequests that you know we have. From that make up a majority. Um, some of the most recent gifts we've had from requests of opening new scholarship funds. Um, we've added more than 150 scholarship funds to support students here in Middle Tennessee. Oh, that's um,
1: incredible.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's that's awesome, man. And another popular gift in recent years has been lifetime gifts through an IRA. So, you know, legislation making these lifetime gifts to the IMA, uh, excuse me, through an IRA require minimum distributions um, it was really introduced back in 2006 and became permanent in 2019. So we get give some IRAs, they're named, you know, and you, you're able to, you know, name the beneficiary after the death of the individual. Right. Um, but then also, you know, what we give is people that give through their estates and then also people that just might have some extra cash flow, whether it be from the sale of, you know, property or vehicle, sometimes we get organizations or individuals that get together, you know, in memory of a loved one, you know, we have a family member who died and this family member really loved the parks. And so get together and raise funds to then be able to go back to the community to support that cause.
1: Okay. Wow. Oh, that is incredible. Well, so let's talk about this for, uh, as many people out there who are ready to give to charity. I think there are a lot of people out there that want to plan to give something in the future, but maybe they're not ready today. Maybe they're fine. They're younger. Maybe their finances are less certain, or maybe they just haven't uh, figured out who they want to leave it to. For someone who's not ready today, what what are things they can do to plan for the future to be ready when the time comes?
2: I think really just getting kind of, you know, being able to, to reach out to us, um, to be able to kind of get in, in your mind, what you're thinking about, I I think about a situation where I was talking to a coworker and she's got a gentleman that she's been talking to for for 11 years. He's not set anything up yet. Um, He's not ready to, but it's just being able to be able to have that open conversation and ask those questions and and get things in order. I think when you're talking about your future and your legacy, I mean, life is totally uncertain. You can say I've got $6,000 I want to give in the next two years to charity and then tornado hits your roof. Um, you move out of state, you have a grandkid that shows up that might have some kind of special need. Um, So I think it's, you know, being able to pick up the phone, send off an email to us and just start asking those questions and really look into the types of funds. And then understanding too that when you're looking at planning for the future, you don't have to have a ton of money to give. Yeah. Um, I I think there's...
1: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm
2: sorry. I think that's something that comes up a lot, you know, in those conversations and people thinking, you know, I don't have hundreds of thousand dollars to give to charity. So, you know, by reaching out, having those conversations, understanding what you could be able to do um, sooner rather than later or in the future, being more comfortable with that decision.
1: Yeah, I think, well, and I think you just put your finger right on it. Tomorrow isn't promised, but those that plan for tomorrow, even if something goes a little sideways, they're still on the right path. You know what I mean? Because they've been, they've been working towards that. And I think that's a, a great point by you, well, so let's talk about this. People here, I hear a lot, and I know I have clients who ask a lot um, about endowments. How is an endowment different than this charitable
2: giving? Yeah, so like endowments are a perpetual fund. Um, and at the Community Foundation, we have unendowed gifts and endowed gifts. Um, our funds that are endowed gifts make an annual distribution of 5% of the market value of the fund for the charitable purposes defined by the donor. So it's important, you know, giving that power back to the donor. But understanding an endowment is uh, 5% annually that goes out.
1: Got it. Okay. And so do they, if they do that endowment, do they have the ability to adjust? You said that keeps kind of the control in the donor. Do they have the power to adjust like who the donee is then?
2: Yeah. So you've got different examples of that. So for instance, we have uh, the Edna L. Martin Scholarship Fund. Um, Edna Martin was an English teacher here in Metro schools for about 45 years. And she left a, an endowment with us or started an endowment with us back in 2004. And the purpose of the fund is to support Metro students who in the future are graduating and want to go back into elementary school, high school or middle school teaching. And so, you know, we're able to give out six to four to six scholarships a year um, that can be renewable. And so just understanding that you can it doesn't have to be. Totally specific to like just one or two different schools in Metro, um, or if you have an endowment, let's say you want to give to a nonprofit, and in the event that that nonprofit uh, ceases to exist, let's say you're giving to um, Toys for Tots, and Toys for Tots to ceases to exist or an organization similar, and so having a committee together to work with the the donors' uh, family, the the people involved with that to see what other available options are out there that can still fit within the parameters of this gift that you left.
1: Got it. Got it. Let's hope Toys for Tots never ceases to exist. The uh, that, that one's near and dear to my heart, the uh, being a Marine. So the, uh, it's still around people. Uh, okay. Does the Community Foundation have any resources to help people find the causes they may want to invest in? Do you guys have like a, a list or or do you guys rate them? Do you guys only publish verified uh vetted charities?
2: How does that work? Absolutely. So through our Giving Matters website, which is givingmatters.com, you're able to log on and you can look for types of causes. So even if you don't know a specific organization, you know, if you hear the name of an organization, let's say you a name comes up like a lab hospice. We know them, they're, of course, verified, popular in town, do amazing work, and they're going to be on that site. But let's say you want to give to elderly causes, you want to support initiatives for seniors, you can go on and look by types of cause on the Giving Matters website and being able to say, see organizations who are vetted, who are organizations who you know we've looked into, we've worked with. Um, but let's say there's an organization that's new in town and that's small, but they're doing great work. Let's say you've got a couple Marine buddies who started a small nonprofit to help out with seniors specifically in Wilson County or Sumner County. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had people recommend those agencies to us and be able to work to get them on that website also. The big thing for us is making sure that, you know, the generous funds that we're giving are going to organizations who are doing the work, but then also to highlight the work of the organizations that we have here in town um, there's so many great organizations here in Middle Tennessee and Southern Kentucky, and we want to make sure that we're promoting and amplifying as many as possible.
1: That sounds great. that that's and that's exactly because and and it's it's not just this realm, but it so often having the people who want to give or the people in need, just not knowing the existence of these charities and vice versa or people who want to donate to them, uh, isn't that frustrating sometimes that it's out there, but people don't know about it.
2: Absolutely, I mean, it's like you 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 you've got these people that are doing amazing work and they're really trying to help people, but they no one really knows about them, and it's been really cool for me, um, just diving in and getting to meet people from around Middle Tennessee, Southern Kentucky, who are doing awesome work, and and those you know off the beaten path places, the the, the ones in Chapel Hill, you know, the ones in Portland, the the ones you know, and. And even Donaldson Hermitage in in Hendersonville that don't get the big shine like some of the larger nonprofits. I mean, they're all doing amazing work.
1: Well, that's awesome. So let's talk about does the Community Foundation, how how do you guys stay in business? How Do you charge for this? Where does your funding come from?
2: Yeah, no, so that's a a really good question. Um, So let's say when you call us and we're having a conversation, we don't charge for that. So there's no initial consultation fee. Um, once a fund is established here, there's a one point two five annual one point two four percent annual fee um that comes to the community foundation for managing the fund.
1: Okay, well that sounds good. So then let's the last part is, do I have to have a lot of money to reach? like is this only for people who've, you know got a million dollars that they want to give away or or you know, can your average person who maybe you know has a few thousand or may, you know tens of thousands that they want to give, do you guys have a limit or a range of people you work with?
2: Um, for 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 those who are out there listening right now, that's one thing I'm glad we we got to this to this question here because it's not something that you have to be phenomenally wealthy to do. You don't have to have millions of dollars to give. Um, anything helps with establishing funds. We've got funds like our scholarships that started uh, a, a gift of ten thousand dollars, and then with our other funds, you know, their minimum gifts of five thousand you know, we're making sure that we've got a fund there that you're able to give out of for an amount of time. Um, but no, you don't have to be anomaly wealthy. I had a, a conversation back in the summertime with a young couple who were just really into youth causes and animal causes, and they don't have tons of money, but they do have five, $6,000 that they've been able to save that they're starting a fund with. Um, you've got organizations that come to us who are Smaller organizations who want to do something to benefit their employees because we are dealing with really tough financial times. This isn't a huge mega corporation with hundreds of thousand dollars to put into a fund, but they do have enough to at least start with. And it's really good for employee morale to know that our small company here, uh, we're doing great work and it's being recognized and they're looking out for us. So you don't have to have tons of money to give. And that's something really important. For us to promote to younger people too, and even kids, because you you know we want the kids that are in our area growing up who are going to want to give and going to want to support the community and causes to know that you don't have to be Melinda Gates. Um, you could be Ted Smith from Hendersonville and still making. A- <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, let me let me uh, uh, put
1: out the website one more time so people can go and explore it. It's givingmatters.com. And like you said, uh, Keith, they have different organizations out there and how to reach out to you guys. Um, I cannot thank you enough for your time today. Uh, Charitable work is such good work and it does so, so much good for so many people. And for you to share your time, like we were talking about earlier, to get the word out and let people know these organizations are out there and the good that people can do really makes a difference in the community. So thank you so much for the work you do and for sharing your time and wisdom today.
2: Oh, Chris, I really appreciate the opportunity to get on today to share with you all. I've known Dana over there for a long time uh, from all the work I've done in the community and I've really enjoyed the work that your firm's done over the years with the, the workshops that you do. You guys are always out in the community at the health fairs. You, you all are everywhere and really doing good work to support people and really take care of those in need and I'm really pay attention to those elder issues, which are near and dear to me. So thank you all for the work you do.
1: Thank you for that. That means a great deal. All right, everyone, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Take us McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now.